Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 158 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was The Path from Vermont. The song is called Washington is Burning, and it's from their split with Psychic Weight. And you can find it, I believe, on State of Mind Records, but you can definitely find it on Bandcamp. That's where I found it. And I found it because Jim, one of their members, sent it to me at to dan at gettingitout.net. If you want music played on the show, you can always email it to me at dan at gettingitout.net. And uh, I'll put it on the fucking show. It's that simple. It's how it works literally every time someone does it, eventually. All right, sometimes I'm a little slow, but it almost always happens. And I'm glad that John sent me these songs from The Path because it made me check out The Path. And uh, I wasn't familiar with them. Not too familiar with a lot of bands from Vermont. I gotta gotta say, I can't think of, uh, literally I can't think of any. So uh, I'm glad to find out about one of them. And uh, I looked into it a little bit, and it looks like they got a split coming out with uh, Kill Your Idols, the legendary Kill Your Idols, which is very cool, also on State of Mind Records. Um, Yeah, I don't know, good band to uh, keep track of. Uh, Hardcore punk, right? That's what we like, most of us, some of you. I'd I'd suggest maybe the majority of you like that type of music, so 
There it is. And I hope you like that type of music because that's what we're talking about on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. I got Brianna Bennett from Buggin'. Buggin's a Chicago hardcore band, and they got a new Flexi coming out on Flat Spot Records. It's called Brain Freeze, and we're going to talk all about that. So let's do the long Hot Zone uh, intro and then uh, get into this episode. Bitches and bitches, it's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, Oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? He said, Oh, shit, I gotta write a rap first, don't I? He said, No, you don't gotta write a rap first. The hardcore podcast he said, All right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Check, check, check. Is this thing on? Hello, hello. Um, there's, there's an awkward thing when you have a microphone in your hand and somebody's like, hey, talk into that so I can sound check it. Uh, make sure it's working. You never know what to say, so you say things like this. But it's also super awkward because nobody responds to anything that you're saying. Also kind of like this. That's not what I'm doing here. I can see on the screen that this thing is working. I just thought we should start this one awkward. How's that? Good. Okay, so what's happening? Welcome to episode 158. That's 158 episodes of Getting It Out Podcast. If you're a Patreon subscriber, a third tier Patreon subscriber, you can access all 158 episodes. If you're not, well, I think you can access like 140, maybe. I don't know, whatever. Point is, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to every single episode of Getting It Out Podcast, past, present, and future especially getting it out radio got a new one of those dropping uh any minute now actually um if you're also a patreon subscriber you are automatically entered into each and every getting it out podcast giveaway which have been happening over on the instagram page rules are real simple to enter a getting it out podcast giveaway First, you've got to like the page. Follow it, if you will. you got to follow at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Then, you've got to like the post announcing the giveaway. Then, you got to go in the comments and tag two friends. That's it. It's real simple. But I always offer the opportunity for an extra entry into every contest if you're willing to share. That's right. You share the post. You go somewhere else and you post it and you say, here's this thing. You've got to tag me in it or else I won't, you know, I won't know you did it. And then you get two entries into the contest. Is this getting complicated? I hope not. Maybe it's just the way I describe things. I've got a problem with words. Usually bad ones. You know what else I got a problem with? eBay. Not really, actually. That's kind of a lie. I've, got, I've had a recent resurgence in uh, eBay usage. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who had some shirts up there for sale. And he was like, hey, it's working pretty well for me. And I was like, hey, I got some shirts to sell. I should try that out. And it worked pretty well for me, too. Like, way better than I ever imagined. Uh, sold some shirts that I had in bins in my garage for a, um, 
a good amount of money, way more than than I ever expected I would get for these things. And uh, particularly one shirt went for a crazy amount that I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I found more because I knew they were there. So I put more up and then I started digging in bins and I just found more stuff and more things and more stuff that has been in bins for years that, uh, that hardcore kids and metal people enjoy and want. So I'm selling those on eBay as well. So if you want to go to Crayley, 1784 on eBay. That's my username. You can find some shit there. I'm just look at me. I'm just selling stuff. This is my this is an auction line. Better yet, a yard sale. I, I need to have some shame. I shouldn't be doing this. This is pretty awful. <laughs> but anyway, I, I have been finding um, some cool stuff. Like stuff that I think is cool that other people don't. Like uh, Obi strips from several CDs. Like why would you keep those, Dan? There's no reason. Like some people hold on to ticket stubs. I hold on to the literal trash, the packaging from a CD or record. Would you like uh, several belts without a buckle? I got some of those. I got an agnostic front one there. I got an old Bane belt that's frayed to shit. Still going to try and sell it. Uh, There's a Comeback Kid one in there too. How about some banners that I've never hung up? Uh, Yeah, H2O, Blood for Blood, agnostic front. Uh, What else? Slapshot. You want to hang them on your walls? Because I, I, apparently I thought I was going to, and then I realized there's nowhere to hang banners up. What, what do you do with banners? If you can figure out what to do with these banners, you can have them. They are on eBay. Uh, what else am I putting on eBay? Books. <laughs> Why? Because I took this book out of this thing, and I was like, I'm going to read this thing. And then I opened it and started trying to read it and realized it was for fucking doctors, and I am not a doctor, despite going by the name of Dr. Crayley for several years. I am officially... Not a real doctor and not smart enough to read doctor stuff, so I sold that on eBay as well. What else? Tapes. Yeah, cassette tapes. I thought I sold these things off years ago, but I got tons of them. Uh, a lot of SST record stuff. Black Flag, Descendants, but mostly com- compilations. Yeah. Uh, some HR tapes. You know what HR is? A- not not human services. HR, human rights. HR from Bad Brains, his solo stuff. It sucks, but some people like it, and so I'm trying to sell that to people too. What else is there? Who knows? Uh, you, we want a pair of Kevin Durant sneakers <laughs> that I use for one season of 30 and over basketball. I got those for you. Just come to my eBay page on on eBay.com. That's the place where you go for eBay pages. And I got one up there with a lot of junk on it that I'm trying to sell to you. Man, this is a great podcast. Aren't you glad you're here? I know that's not what you came for, but that's what you got on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. But now, let's talk about the real deal, what we actually got happening here. Because, you know, I found out there's people that actually listen from all over the world. Like, I knew that before, but sometimes when they reach out, which I, by the way, am am super appreciative of. I love when people from, uh, especially other countries, but I don't give a fuck if you live next door to me. If you just let me know that you listen to the podcast, that's incredible. Um, Had somebody do that from Israel the other day. That's so cool. Anyway, um, (laughs) the main thing on this podcast, this episode, what you're here for is an interview with Brianna Bennett of Buggin'. So let's get to it. But first, check out Brain Freeze. It's the title track off of their Flexi um, out now on Flat Spot Records. Fire, freeze, and 
right. So, hey, um, I heard about your band a while ago when you were just bugging out, and now you're bugging, right? Yep. And uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, so let's yeah, let's just get started. How did how did you how did you how did you get how did you yourself get involved in all of this mess? Hardcore, punk rock, whatever. How did you find yourself into this? Um, honestly, I will say at this point in my life a big at least like this point in just how the world works and shit, uh the internet was like a big thing for me. Um I started going to shows when I was like 16 about um, mm-hmm. at least for hardcore shows, um, I started. I was going to like metalcore shows and like pop punk shit a little bit before then. Um, but yeah, I'm 22 now, um, so it's it's been a little bit of just going to shows and all that. So honestly, like I saw, I I was always I was one of those like emo kids, and I was in like fucking middle school or whatever right like i loved paramore and like fallout boy like all that shit so then like over time like especially like tumblr was a big thing back in the day um where like you can find more music that's like more in line with what you like so i just like naturally went down the hole of like being a emo kid in junior high to like eventually hardcore which i guess is like kind of funny to think about now uh how like kids my age get into hardcore um so i'm 22 so like we all grew up with the internet or good old gen z shit but uh so i feel like i don't have like a really fun cool story about getting into hardcore just like eventually seeing like cooler things that i was more interested in yeah that's 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 interesting because i never i never thought about that from from that perspective coming you know with people that people your age like you said because it, it it was all accessible i guess you didn't have to you didn't have to look that hard for it right yeah like i feel like a lot of old heads will kind of like talk shit about like kids getting into hardcore because of the internet it's just a different time like this is just how people grew up like kids up my age like 21 or like even fucking like 19 to like 23 like most of us grew up with like the internet already being a huge thing and like literally grew up watching like i remember i watched my first youtube video was like charlie bit my finger you know (laughs) and then i was like obsessed with youtube and and like I i just feel like older generations didn't have that type of like gateway of like all this information coming at you and like social media and such. So like it's, it's easy to like talk down on people coming in that way um, because they can get, it can get all goofy, but like at the end of the day, like we're all here for like the same reasons. Like I'm still in this shit, like, well, like six years later about to be coming up on seven. So I don't think the like the way that you get into hardcore really matters as much as more as to like what you actually like contribute to it in your time there. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I totally agree. Is what I'm saying. Absolutely, like the 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 way you get into it doesn't 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 matter at all, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm 36, so when I was yeah. getting into it, it was 
I, it was the tail end of the 90s, beginning of 2000s. So the internet was there. It was a, you could use it, but it was tougher. It was way tougher, you know, right? Like it wasn't, right. that wasn't going to be the primary way that you were going to find out about things. And I think, yeah. I think sometimes what, like, what you're saying with like older heads or, you know, what, however we want to label it, it's almost, I think it's more of a, <laughs> it's more of a, well, maybe not more of, but I feel like there's a little bit of a, the jealousy in there. You didn't have to go through all this kind of, painful stages uh you know and all this sifting like like you said you went through like this stage to this state you know like the emo thing to the hardcore thing and and maybe there was a little right. metal metal core in between but you right. did it all in a short span of years where like like you look at me like mine was like uh i don't know i don't know how it went exactly it was just like heavy metal then there was maybe some like rancid and Pennywise and that stuff, and then somehow yep. then new metal came swooping in and went on that detour for a long period of time, and then that ran into hardcore. Like there's this whole thing, and it yeah. doesn't ma- it doesn't make my experience any more valid. <laughs> like, right. like it doesn't it doesn't matter, but but it's but it's interesting because now we're getting to a time where people like yourselves, younger people like yourselves are starting to be in bands that are making waves and catching attention. So you, right. so people are going to start hearing from you guys. And I think that's good for you to say things like you just said. Yeah, I think it's important too, just because like when I was coming around to shows, like at that age, like being 16, like I had my dad drop me off like at shows. Like sometimes he would hang out at venues with me. Like I went to like one day of a fest because my dad drove down with me and, like, let me go. So, like, I never had, like, some, like, cool old head or, like, a cool older brother to, like, show me a record. But, like, when I was that age, it was just, like, really crucial for me to be able to, like, get out of, like, my own scope of just, like, high school kids. But I I always noticed, like, I was always the youngest person there. So, like, me and my bandmates grew up going to shows together, um, in our area. Um, and so we, we were pretty much the only people that were our age. Like everybody else was like already 23 at least. Like we were like 17, like 16, 17, 18. Um, so that was always weird to me. And now I feel like we're finally seeing like a lot more, uh, kids that are, like actually closer to our age range um like you said like actually are in bands now it doesn't feel like i'm the only one anymore um mm-hmm. i mean partially because i'm older now but also just because there's just like a lot more people that are or like younger kids that are finally like stepping up to the plate and everything yeah and it, it's really it's cool it it's necessary too like you know right. like it can't it can't keep lasting on like as much as i love terror uh you know they're, they're getting old like not not musically right. but like you know physically age-wise they're getting yeah, old yeah. you know we can't keep having these bands do it forever um but so for for you you mentioned your scene or you guys you guys um go by chicago hardcore but are you from chicago proper or is it like the the outskirts uh it's the outskirts for the most part um so I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, um, this place called Buffalo Grove, and our guitar player Peyton's from Palatine, so he actually grew up not too far from where I did. Um, Michael, our drummer, is originally from Milwaukee, and Brandon is like 
also like outskirt of Chicago. Um, we all just live. I currently live in Philadelphia now. Um, okay. Everybody else um, lives in Chicago, or I think Brian lives in Milwaukee. But we all, me, Michael, and Peyton, all went to college together um, in the city. So we all lived in Chicago. We've all lived in Chicago for like the past four or five years or right. so. Um, so it's like okay, might as well put that that label on there. Absolutely, and also, you know it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. if you, when you're on outskirts like that, it I know people give bands shit for claiming a city, but it makes so much more sense to to call yourself a Chicago hardcore band than to say a Chicago is, suburb hardcore yeah. band. Like, what? Nobody knows where Buffalo Grove is. Like right. nobody knows what the hell that is. So I always, like, try to explain it because, like, I'll never be somebody that tries to, like, pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not. Like, I'll always be real about, like, like about my origins of hardcore. Like, I don't have a cool story to come up with about that. Like, I don't have a cool story about, like, growing up in the city of Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, is it when you is, – is Buggin' your first band that you've done? Um, no, actually. I did a band when I was, like, 16 – how bad was um, it? It it wasn't that bad, but it also wasn't great. You know, um, I all my bandmates were older than me. That was the first band I was in. We were called Tigress. Um, we wrote, like, we played a few shows, like, just in Chicago. We never went on tour or anything. Uh, I think the furthest we ended up going, we, we played a show in Milwaukee once, and we played uh, in Springfield, and we were like more of like a punk band or at least we would play mostly like punk shows Mm -hmm. and like we got a good like local reaction and everything and people were into us but like it's not the worst music in the world it's just like i think i've we've i've grown personally from that music and that's why we stopped being a band so like we started when i was like 16 and then and then i ended up going into college and then I was like, yeah, this just like, isn't the same for me anymore. Like we could never write any new music together. Um, we wrote like one demo, um, and like two other songs just to fill out a set and then continue to play like an eight or like 10 minute set for like the entirety that we were a band. Um, it, you know, we just, it just wasn't what it used to be. We couldn't write music together. So it just kind of, we were like, okay, we're we're done here. It served its purpose, which was like really great for me. I would just like be in the city all the time on the weekends. Like my dad would drive me out to practice, hang out with a bunch of like twenty-three year olds when I was sixteen, and my mom was like, "What the hell? Like this is weird." Um, but he still did it for me, anyways. Um, and it was a really great experience. I met like a lot of amazing people. Um, mostly like through the punk scene in Chicago with that band, so don't regret it at all. Of course, well, that's awesome, and, and that's that's a lot high. You're speaking a lot higher of your first band than most people do. Usually, it's uh, yeah. you know, like almost an embarrassing thing that people kind of try to brush under the rug. But um, but no, that's good. That's 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 awesome. That it was a good experience. I'm sure that I like like. All right, so here, here's my my thing. I was in a one band. And I didn't have a whole lot of fun doing it. So I've never been much interested in doing another band. So it sounds like <laughs> you actually had a, a good experience. And th- I, I assume that that would lead to no hesitation to do something more. But you've mentioned your your dad a, a couple of times. Has, 
has he always been, or why do you think he was so supportive in, in you being into this? Um, honestly, I was a really weird kid growing up. So I, my parents thought that what I was really interested in was always weird, but like, I think that they just realized that I wasn't really interested in much else other than going to shows. And like, I think that my dad just like wanted to support me doing like some kind of extracurricular activity outside of school. Cause I, I felt like I was living like a double life when I was in high school. I felt so cool. I was like, I was at school all the time. Just, and I didn't have that many friends in high school either. Like honestly, but like my, maybe by my freshman year, I had like, I think five friends by the time I graduated, I had like two friends and you know, it's just like that. But I just, I hated high school, hated everybody around me. But then when I was like at band practice or like I was at a show on weekends, I was just like so much happier. Um, I just felt so cool being able to go into the city, hang out with my older friends and like people that seemed to get me more than anybody else that was like around me at that time. Mm -hmm. So I think that, because of that like and because i would just i begged them like it all it eventually i think it started closer to like when warp tour was still a thing and i was like junior high and high school i literally made a powerpoint presentation for my parents about why they should let me go to warp tour and how it's actually cool and safe to like <laughs> go to shows and like concerts because my my parents are really strict for like a really really long time like i i couldn't do a lot of things um but eventually like as i started to get older i was like okay like i i want to be able to do stuff like i want to be a normal kid and like hang out with kids because otherwise like i just hung out with my little brother for the most part like i didn't really have that many friends growing up so i would just hang out with my little brother and then like as i started getting older i think my parents kind of realized like oh yeah they need to do something else you know, besides just hanging around the house and like, because I was so persuasive and I was like, like, you guys can come with me. Like, you just have to take me. Like, it'll be safe. Like, I'll check in with you. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever, like chores you want me to do. Like, just so you can let me go. And then like, because I would just keep harassing them about it, they eventually kind of just let me do it. And then they realized that this was actually kind of good for me, you know? Um, because I seemed a lot happier doing these things um, and hanging out with people that seemed to get me more. And then they also like met my bandmates um, just for like their ease of mind. Um, and they're like, oh, they're actually really nice people. So, you know, eventually, because I had been doing it so often, then my parents were just like, okay, whatever, you can just go on your own. Um, so yeah, sure. I feel like they were pretty crucial. Just even like a lot of, I feel like, once you get into hardcore as like an older person like not in high school it's like you can you can do whatever you want to you know but i just had to i had to rely on my parents a lot in order for that to happen so i don't know i'm pretty grateful that they let me do all this weird stuff that they just didn't understand at all but we're like okay whatever you seem happy <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 very cool of them to to allow you to get into that. And it's funny that you made a PowerPoint presentation. That's that's ridiculous, but it's but it obviously worked. Did they did did they have any uh, interest in music? Did you did you was it a musical household at all for you? Um, yeah, like most my parents grew up like my parents listened to just like classic R and B, 
um, and like soul music. And like my dad was more into like classic rock uh, and stuff like that. But but nothing anything like what I <laughs> ended up getting into. Right. Um, but yeah, my dad had like a ton of records. I always envied his record collection like growing up because he had like those old school crates. He just had crates and crates of records. Um, and he was, all, we were always listening to music together um, in the car or whatever. Um, so, I mean, obviously now I have like a lot more appreciation for the music that he played it um, for me as a kid, but especially when I was like super angsty and like going through all the like, yeah, I want to listen to My Chemical Romance type of phase <laughs> and stuff. I was like, oh, God, this is bullshit. Like, turn this off. But but now I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So I guess, like, yeah, sort of. There's, like, um, a pretty good uh, segue to music that way. And uh, I grew up pretty religious, so, like, my parents would take us to church. And I was, like, always fascinated by Me and my brother were always fascinated by, like, the band um, that would play in churches just because, I feel like black churches specifically just have like really good musicians always. Um, so it's just like really cool to see like the talent that's there. And we were uh, in the choir as well. My parents made us do choir. So, so yeah, pretty, pretty musical growing up. I would say I started playing bass when I was in like seventh grade. Um, and that was around the time of the good old teen angst. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. It obviously, uh, prepped you for it. But the the uh, you said a couple of things there that I think is interesting. The, the the way that when you're younger and you hear your parents' music and you think uh, this, you know, you think it's lame, and then then you get a little bit older and you realize that's actually pretty cool. It's it's funny that you say that because my wife and I both we have we have two daughters and mm-hmm. and we're always saying you know like you guys are gonna not always but we've mentioned to them in the past like you guys are gonna like this what we're listening to not which you know like this stuff like this classic stuff that that right. it's the same shit that that our parents well my parents were listening to yeah. that i thought was lame that i think is you know like it, it's it's stuff that doesn't it's it doesn't matter it's timeless it's yeah, you know absolutely. it's just it's just good music but um but yeah, no, no, that's that's cool, and it's. I don't. I, I find it interesting the way people. I don't know. Find like a like. There's some people who just don't don't give a shit about music, right? And yeah. and that's that's totally cool too. And there's like I'll, I'll use myself as an example. There's people like me who I love it, right? And I but I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not anything close to a musician. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in like a musical household. Like nobody gave, nobody seemed to really care, you know. And but then there's yeah. people like you that 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 kind of have been around it the whole time, and and you're going into it, and you started this band, and you start another band, and now you're doing this, and now and now now you're doing this, right? You're you're doing interviews, right. talking about talking about your music. You got this band bugging, which by the way, I know you've had to tell this story a hundred times, I assume, but it used yeah. to be bugging out, and now it's bugging. What happened there? So it's bugging now because. So we started this band, and we were like, I came up with a name from that movie, Do the Right Thing. There's a character in it called Bugging Out, and I was like, oh, that's that would be a cool band name. And like, we weren't serious about becoming a band at first. Like, we were just talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, this would be a cool band name. 
me and Peyton and Michael were like talking about maybe starting a band, but but nothing like solid um, until he like actually showed us some of the demos that he had written. And so I was like, yeah, like this, I feel like this name would be super fitting for this project and based on the sound that we're going for. Um, and we, we did know that there was another bugging out uh, when we first started, but we didn't think that we were going to do anything, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were just trying to have fun. Like we were just, we just thought we would just play a couple of shows. Like it wouldn't matter. Cause like, okay, we're just a hardcore band. Like we don't make money off of this at all. So it shouldn't be an issue. Um, the, the other band seemed like they weren't really gaining that much traction. And, and it was different styles of music. So we're like, okay, whatever. Like, shouldn't be an issue. Um, and they contacted us, I think, a little after we released our demo. Um, but we kind of just ignored them. Because, again, we figured, like, uh, it's, this is silly. Like, it, it doesn't really matter, you know. Um, but then they kept messaging us and emailing us and then they were finally like, they finally threatened to get all of our music taken down from streaming services and they did successfully get our band camp taken down for copyright infringement because I guess they copyrighted the name under like a musician or a performer. Um, oh, what a so bunch of geeks. It, yeah, so in order to, like, not get all of our social media and all of our Spotify and, like, Apple Music stuff completely deleted, they're like, oh, you have to change it by this time. We tried to negotiate with them, and they were just being, like, they were just being cocksuckers about it. They were being huge assholes, and I was like, they're like, okay, fine. So we just, uh, we're trying to figure out what to do, and luckily... We settled on bugging because we didn't want it to be like too, like different than what we were. Sure. What we were originally, so we like we wanted people to be able to find us without being confused. And it's just like really annoying to have to try and rename a band in the middle of you being a band. Um, so we just decided to just drop the the like the last word on it because we were trying to negotiate by being like, oh, like we'll just add like something out. To the or like something to the end like bugging out USA like something like that and they're like no like they were they were just being really rude about it or whatever so I mean it works because we're the first thing that comes up on Spotify anyways when you type that in right so I don't know I hope they're happy with what they decided to do but I don't think it really did much for their favor yeah that's a that's such a I mean, I, I haven't seen, I've never heard of the, the other band bugging out. <laughs> and I got mad because uh, it finally became a thing because they started to get a bunch of like congratulations and like show offers like that were meant for us and that people were emailing them or like tagging them in. So I think that they were just jealous. That's Honestly. funny because that's probably it's probably the most attention they got is when people thought they were, they were you guys. Absolutely, that's yeah, funny. I mean, they sound like a bad version of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, oh, that's like a weird. Red Hot Chili Peppers are a bad version of music, so that must yeah, be. Yeah, it's uh, like a weird white guy rap rock like band, and <laughs> uh, like they take themselves like really seriously, and we're just like, dude, we don't care. <laughs> no. Well, they're 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 done and over with though, and you got 
you guys, uh, you guys put out the what was it, the the EP as well under Bugging Out, right? Because that's self technically self titled. I guess not anymore though. Yeah, and then we had to like we changed the artwork for Spotify like slightly. Um, so yeah, they came at us like I think right after that. Right. Well, so like so you put out you put out that you have your 2019 demo, right? There's that, and then there's the uh, the Bugging Out EP. Um, or I guess what well, maybe it's self-titled. I guess it's not self-titled anymore. I don't know. A little confusing there. But anyway, you have you have the EP that you put out on uh, New Morality Zine, and uh, and there, there's there's a there's a pretty clear uh, step up and a progression and improvement in in the band from from one to the other. Um, do you feel that there's an equal step forward on this new record you have coming out on Flat Spot Brain Freeze? Um, I think so. I absolutely think so. Um. I think that we've honestly just been getting progressively better um, and, like, tweaking stuff. Because before, you know, we were just writing stuff and then immediately putting it out. Whereas, like, now we're, like, writing stuff, listening back to it and being like, you know what, I actually, we don't have to use this demo. We don't have to make this a full song, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas before we were just like, okay, we're just going to write a bunch of, like, demos and songs and, like, and, like, I love all of our demo songs, don't get me wrong, but we were just like, okay, yeah, let's just, like, this is a song we wrote, we're just going to put it out, you know, without, not that we didn't think about all of the songs, but just, like, I think the the writing style um, and, like, taking care of things, like, over time has definitely improved. Um, so I'm excited for it. Um, it's been weird trying to write a record right now um just because of covid and also because i moved across the country (laughs) um so it's been kind of weird but i i'm liking that the the direction that we're going in um i just want to make sure that we're like still staying true to ourselves through the whole thing um i feel like especially now we've been putting a lot of pressure on ourselves just because it's like flat spot is like big to us like most like we all grew up like being really into a lot of flat spot bands like growing up especially like Captain Under Ice um and especially TUI because we finally like got our lineup all together at a TUI show um in Chicago so I think just like before we're still we're still like making music for ourselves that's for sure but like before it was like okay we're just making this for ourselves for fun like just to put it out but now it just feels like there's a little bit of added pressure just because it's like yeah i want to like make sure that i'm like i put out really cool music with flat spot too like other bands that i have like been like idolizing since i was younger yeah no i i I completely understand what you're saying there's a couple cool things you said there um number one the the, the the whole idea, and maybe this is what you meant, maybe it's not, but th- that you can leave some stuff on the cutting room floor, like that, that everything, you, every idea you come up with doesn't need to become a song. Like I think, uh, I think a lot of bands early on, everything they write, they make it become a song, right? right. And and sometimes you just have you know do a little quality control. And say, hold yeah, on, exactly. we we can do better than that. We, you know, and I think that that shows, and and usually it shows in in 
from recording to recording. Um, and I think you're right about that. I think you can hear you can hear things. Uh, and even even if you just look at the, if you just consider the fact that you guys are just releasing two songs here, like that shows right. a little. That shows some restraint. And I understand there's a format thing too, but it, but it shows some restraint and um, and I don't know a little more intention and and. That's cool, and I know. All right, it's, we're fucking talking about hardcore, right? So it's not that yeah. serious, but right. <laughs> but at the same, but you know, like it's it's easy to get lost if you put out lackluster, uh, samey type of shit. People just aren't going to listen to it, and then what's exactly. the point? What's the point of doing it? I know we all say like uh, we don't care if people like it. That's not true. People got to like yeah. it, or there's no point of doing it. The, the other thing I wanted to say is that you like I I, I love talking to younger bands. And the, I love when they reference Trapped Under Ice. Yeah. Trapped Under Ice is a band that I got to see come up and was friends with f- for a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. and whatever, I just got to see that thing from the ground up. And it's I, like the, their, their significance to, I, this, sounds like, this sounds like a bit of hyperbole, but their significance to a generation of like hardcore kids is huge. I mean, they are the Absolutely. band to a lot of people, and right. and while we were just watching it, while we were, while we were watching Justice try to figure out how to sing, like <laughs> you know, not not realizing that, that that they were going to become what they become, what they became, you know, when right. it was just when it was just t-shirts of their friends' faces with pot leaves all over them, like you know, it was just <laughs> it was it was it was ridiculous and silly. But they were, but we also recognized they were a cool band, but we didn't know it was going to be this. And and it really is a, it really is a big deal because there's certain yeah. you know you, you have the '80s bands the '90s bands 2000s bands and then you have like and then to me it's like there's Trapped in the Rice era where right they, they literally changed the game it had a huge impact to a lot of people that, that consider them very important and uh, like you said that's that's where you guys came together that's where you you know the band whatever got you know got got you formed. I don't know, and, and and now now here you are. Fast forward on flat spit, flat spot records, uh, the label that they did their demo on, and right. it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool just because it like kind of comes full circle. Also, of like like we were talking about earlier, like yeah, I'm younger. Like I got into hardcore because of Tumblr. Like sh- sorry, that's not cool, but um, like I I started getting into bands like Backtrack, Incendiary, Rival Mob, like Rotting Out trapped under ice like those are the first hardcore bands that i listen to so it, it is really like finally coming full circle and that's why I, like especially when they hit us because um, it just seems like the most it makes the most sense you know mm-hmm. um it's like finally like we're in the younger generation like uh karma from chicago also just got on flat spot um a little bit before us too so and we also grew up going to shows with karma and and when we were all going to shows uh, as younger kids, uh, Cross Me was like the only band from the Midwest that was on Flat right, Spot, no flat spot. Yeah. at the time. Yeah, so now it's kind of like coming full circle, putting on for the Midwest, putting on for the younger kids um, with something that was influential to all of us and to all of our sounds too. And like without those bands, like we wouldn't be here today, I think. Yeah, and that's great. And and I I had Jordan on not too long ago from Karma, and uh, I try to have everybody uh, flat spot related. And I mention this every single 
episode I do with somebody from <laughs> with a band from Flat Spot Records is that I've known Che for a long time. I don't know Ricky at all, but that's always my this is always my Flat Spot spiel. But um, but so I, so like there's a there's a certain quality that I've come to expect from Sp- Flat Spot. Now it was just like oh I love when they have cool bands, but now it's like oh, if if it's on Flat Spot, I know it's probably going to be good. And uh, right. that's that's the case here again with with you guys and with Brain Freeze. And of course, you know it's just two songs, so I've listened to it a bunch of times. Um, uh, but but the the first song is is your is the is an original, and the second is a cover. Can you tell me yeah. about the the lyrics and the, the message of Brain Freeze, the title track? Yeah. So honestly, like I think the biggest part of when we were starting this band is that we just wanted to be in a band for fun. Like, we wanted to be a band that was all about having fun, like, not taking ourselves too seriously, not taking anything seriously. Like, literally when we were brainstorming everything, we were like, okay, we want this to be music that (laughs) reminds me of, like, skateboarding with my friends on, like, a summer day, like, going to 7-Eleven. And, like, we are mostly influenced by, like, early 2000s, hardcore bands like that were also kind of on that same tip of just like having fun and being really goofy like razzle dazzle um so and like none of like none of the lyrics that they write are like about anything it's like we have enough lyrics about betrayal and being stabbed in the back by your friends um in hardcore um so we're like we don't want to do that we want this to not be anything that we're really taking seriously so i try to reflect that in the lyrics that i write uh pretty much all of our lyrics are about absolutely nothing um thing about like i don't know like posers having a crush on people hanging out with our friends uh being bugging out literally that's what we write about so i, I just wanted to keep up that same approach so brain freezes like it's another song about having a crush on somebody like the first song we were like that was on our demo called concrete cowboys um and it's just really about like when you have feelings for somebody you don't know how to tell them really but like it kind of drives you crazy you just don't know what to say it feels like you like freeze up every time you try to talk to them or like you just can't tell them those like innermost feelings that you have because you're like scared or whatever so really that's that's all it's about honestly um i just try to take those kind of experiences like i just i kind of like will rip off of like kind of silly things that happen in my life and then put it into some lyrics nice well i i appreciate that there aren't more stab my friends or my friends stab me in the back shit Cause uh, right. after after twenty years, I've had enough. <laughs> you know, like like <laughs> right. So so that, like you can either go you can go a couple ways. You can go like uh, really I don't know it, insightful and like like I feel like um, Brian McTurnan did a great job this past year with Be Well. That they they, they, yeah. they did a great record called The Weight and the Cost, where it's like really insightful adult lyrics in hardcore, which you know right. is kind of uh, out of place, but it worked for mm-hmm. you know for a lot of us older guys and or <laughs> or you can go the other way like you know and i don't i don't want to say like like yours are nonsense cuz they're absolutely not but you know like you can just just yeah. a more lighthearted 
but that middle ground is so fucking tedious right. and I don't know. It's exhausting. because We've heard it a thousand times. Uh, we, a lot right. of us have probably wrote those songs a thousand times. So I appreciate the, you know, the, the more lighthearted side of, of bugging, um, on the B side, you did a cover of, of, of Beastie Boys gratitude. And I got to tell you, I've never liked the Beastie Boys. I consider them a bunch <laughs> of racket. Um, so what am I missing? What do you, what do you like so much about the Beastie Boys? What are you in the band like so much about the Beastie Boys that you decided to come? Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I know I'm in the minority here. I know I, my right. wife loves them. Everybody loves them. Um, yeah, but why, why do I not, why don't, not, not, don't tell me why I'd like them. Hold on. Let me re- rephrase that. Don't tell me why I don't <laughs> like them. Tell me what you like so much about the Beastie Boys. I, again, I just think that they're silly. And, you know, I think that they're fun. Um, that's something I try to really focus on in my life. It's just, like, not being super serious all the time. Like, trying to find fun and some positivity, even in, like, the worst of times. Uh, just because I think that's really important. And I think it's really important to, like, not take yourself so seriously. Like, I think so many people in hardcore, like take themselves so goddamn seriously and it's like stupid to me like uh, like it's okay to just be chill like it's okay to like not write a dissertation on twitter about hardcore um like it's okay to like not write only lyrics about like your ex-girlfriend or being stabbed in the back by your friend or like how you're gonna beat somebody up when you're definitely not a band or like people are in a band that do those types of things, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I feel like there's also, like, a lot of cosplay in hardcore, which is also stupid. Just, oh, like, for sure. Pretending yeah. that there's something that they're not. That's why I'm always upfront about the fact, like, yeah, like, we call ourselves a Chicago hardcore band. I didn't grow up in the city. Like, I will never claim something that I'm not, you know? So I think I'm a really – we're all really silly people. Like, we're – kind of obnoxious together like we're just dumb and like i would rather have that type of reflection of myself in a band um than trying to pretend that i'm something that i'm not um and i think that the bc boys just like embody just like having fun and like not giving a fuck about what anybody else thinks and just doing your own thing um i'm like yeah they're silly you know like yeah they're kind of they're like a bunch of dumb white boys but like um you know, they have fun, and I think that it kind of, their sound is just really cool to me. Um, just, like, how it's, it's, like, yeah, it's rap, but it has, like, some punky, like, aspects. Like, I just like their attitude, basically. Like, that's right, why right. I think I love the Beastie Boys. Now, see, those those are all things I can appreciate. I can appreciate a lot of things about the Beastie Boys. It's when I listen to them, it just doesn't do it for me. But... Right. Um, but songs that's like uh, like like gratitude, like the one you covered here, that's mm-hmm. a very different Beastie Boys song. That's not. I don't very think that's different. what a lot of people think about when they think about no. Beastie Boys. So, where, how did you choose this one? We were talking about doing a cover for um, the Flotsy before we put out like the full seven inch, um, and we wanted to do something that was kind of like. A deep cut of like a band that we really like like i won't say this is the deepest cut in their discography um, right but we wanted to do like a song that we could cover that isn't something that a lot of people have done before um or that's like not the most popular song by a certain band 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking, we were tossing a few ideas around, um, like a bad brain song, um, like making a punkier version of one of their, like, like, it's not like a reggae song, but, uh, stay close to me. That was one option that we were throwing around. Mm-hmm. Um, just something that was different. Um, and then we were like, okay, what are some bands that we're really influenced by that we really love? So Bad Brains, Beastie Boys were the classics um, that we were mostly flopping between. Um, and just like the sound of that one, just, we just, I just love the bass in that song. Um, and I wasn't even necessarily like thinking about the lyrics when we chose that song. It's just like how much groove that song has. It was, we just thought it was so cool. I'm like, okay, I've never heard anybody in hardcore cover this before, so we should take a stab at it. Um, but then, like, looking back at the lyrics, like, once I started to, like, start memorizing them, to, like, record it and everything, it just was something that I feel like it's something I try to reflect in my own life, you know, practicing gratitude for, like, very small moments in your life, appreciating, like, the very small things, Um even when you know when times are hard especially because of how fucked up 2020 was like a terrible year overall but i learned a lot you know um i think i became like a completely different person um in in a great way and so some of those lyrics are like kind of just things that i also try to like reflect in my own life um having a more positive outlook having a practicing gratitude for little things just because you never know how long either you're going to be here or the people you love are going to be here or just like when you're going to be down terrible at some point um so yeah i think that that was a really big reason why that song like really stuck with us well that's an excellent reason <laughs> that's, that's, that's a very good yeah. reason I, um, I think you know people specifically hardcore bands when they're going the beastie boys cover route they usually do like uh sabotage which i think incendiary did yeah or, uh, yeah or, incendiary did that that's why we decided not to do that yeah yeah or or somebody does like something off of polywogs too you know because that's a that's an easy one but like right. you know so 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 it's cool to see uh like you said a deeper cut for for beastie boys um you i i see that you recorded your vocals with aaron hurd of jesus peace in philly i was going to ask why but you mentioned that you that you moved there so that kind of answers that question right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, the rest of the much. band recorded with Andy Nelson at Bricktop, which 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 kind of seems like the like if you're a Chicago band, you better go to Andy Nelson at Bricktop. Absolutely, right. I actually so, have never worked with Andy Nelson myself personally, and I think for the rest of what we're recording, I'm I'm going to be going back, so I will get a chance to work with him. But but yeah, it's kind of crazy that I've never never actually on the chance. Well, it sounds like you sounds like you will, especially if you keep this thing going. Um, yeah. So, what 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 kind of um, now? You, all right, so you got this record on on flat spot. We know that you can't do much right now. So, what kind yeah. of expectations do you have releasing new music now? Because this comes out what on the twenty eighth. I want to say on the twenty eighth yeah. when when you when you drop a new record from Buggin. What's the what's the expectations? What are you looking forward to with this? I honestly have no idea. I'm just excited. Like, I don't really know what to expect. Um, And it's weird that we can't do anything. And I think that's why, um, like, taking care of this record has been, like, 
such a slower process than it has before. Um, because, but it, it is kind of nice because we get to take more time with it. Um, cause like we can't, we're not going to put this out and be able to go tour. So it does give us some more time to like really polish that shit in, uh, and make <laughs> sure that we are putting out something that's really good. Um, I think I'm just excited to just like, we haven't really been, I mean, nobody's really been active, but, um, we haven't really said much like, we're not, we haven't really been posting much in general. So it'll just be nice to like be able to kind of like interact with people again on right. some scale with this. Um, so I'm excited to see how people like it. Um, I'm excited to just put it out there because I feel like we've been sitting on these songs for a while. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be cool. I think it's going to be as cool as it possibly can be while we are not allowed to tour um, right. or, or do much at all. So, yeah. Well, that, that, that kind of brings me to, to one of the questions that I think I've heard other people ask uh, in other interviews. And it's one I've kind of adopted too, because it brings mm-hmm. up uh, an, I don't know, it puts kind of puts a, puts pressure on you. If you could play a show right now, would you even do it? If you could play like a bugging, uh, you know, brain freeze release show, would you do that show right now? Right in this moment? Uh, yeah, like, like like you could do it next weekend. The, the current, with the current, like, shape of the United States, how it currently is. It's coronavirus, like new president. All that. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. I That's would love good... you, but it would just be really uh, pointless, I feel like. And it would be irresponsible, I think. So definitely not. Fair enough. It's it's funny. Every, everybody kind of has a different answer, but nobody says yes. No, you know, some people kind of like hedge it a little bit and say, "Well, I don't know if 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 the right precautions were put in place." But you know, I, I appreciate the straight up no, not doing it. I just I just don't think that there's any way that you could possibly set up proper precautions for a hardcore show and get like a full experience you know like, oh, no. I, don't, to be. I don't want to have to wear a mask <laughs> at a show you know like <laughs> i want to be able to be sweaty in a room and jump on people like right. and have like other people sweat on me and like my sweat on other people and at this point it's gonna be weird when we are allowed to have shows um, to see how people interact with each other, just because a lot of people have not interacted with many people at all, like this whole entire time. So I feel like interacting people with people socially, and and also now people are so much more cognizant of germs. Also, like it makes me wonder, like there's going to be a lot more fights. Obviously. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> shows are still going to be crazy because everybody's going to be like super excited to be back at it. But I know, like, certain people are, like, already, like, oh, I don't want to be in, in a large crowd of people. Like, that scares me now, you know, or, like, obsessively hand sanitizing, like, throughout the show. I don't I don't know. It's, like, it's going to be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Well, I think the people that don't want to be in the crowds just won't be there anymore. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, think, I think you kind of will 
you i think the, the, i think there's potential i know everybody says like the beginning you know, when, when the new beginning when everybody starts going back again it's going to be wild right i get that but yeah. i think it's going to take i think i think when you go a month or two into that is when it's really going to get wild when you when the, when the people who really want to stick around are are left you know where there the people that right. were like just kind of hyped and ready to go and that 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 fire kind of burn out in them and the people who are afraid and don't want to go and they're not there and then you're just left with the people who are amped which right you know all right i'm 36 i got a family it's probably not gonna be me but then that's the point it's gonna be the people who are fired up and 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 ready to do this thing and make it as fun yeah. as possible and I hope that's you know, when when bands like yourselves get back out there and are able to do this again. I hope that that is what happens. Right, me too. <laughs> be very nice. But all right, well, hey, that 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 I think that that does it for us. But uh, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, let's go over one more time. January twenty eighth, right? On Flat Spot Records, Brain Freeze is a flexi, correct? Yes. All right. That's the details. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my conversation with Brianna from Buggin'. The song there at the end, that was My Rolls from uh, the record that came out on Morality Zine. I don't know if it was a 7-inch. I don't know if it was a demo tape. I just know it's on Bandcamp, so you can go get it there too. $5. For $5, you can have that. Uh-oh, did I just get myself in trouble? I didn't. That was that was me being, um, you know, excited. Jeez. I, I can't believe it's been 158 episodes and I haven't gotten myself in like really big trouble yet. It's around the corner, I guess. It's bound to happen. Maybe by 200. Probably. Most likely. But you know what? Fuck that. I've done really good and there's no reason to think that I wouldn't do better from here on out. Gotta have some confidence, I guess. 
But anyway, that's going to do it for this one. Let's end this one with a song from Nopes. They got a new album coming out called Djork, which I think is a really funny uh, name for an album. And this song is called Pocket Square Motherfucker. And I highly suggest that you go watch the video for this on YouTube because it's fucking stupid in the best way. I don't know what I would really call um, this type of music. Let's just call it punk rock and uh, leave it at that. They're from Oakland, California, if uh, that matters to you. If you're a regionalist, um, then there you go. I hope I hope they're in, within your region of likable things, right? How can't they be? The band's called Nopes, and the album's called Dork, and the track is called Pocket Square Motherfucker. Check it out right now. Thank you for listening to Getting Out Podcast. Bye-bye. Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.